Well, thanks so much for joining us this weekend. Especially glad if you, this is your first church experience in a long time or first time ever. And if you're new or relatively new, we have a gift to thank you for being with us. Simply text the word WELCOME to 88877 and we'll give you that gift. <clears throat> so we are in the fourth week of our series called Rebel with a Cause, looking at the towering figure of John the Baptist. And we said we, there's so much we could learn from John, but we're looking at, to learn from his life about how to live a life of purpose. And when we live a life of purpose, life is so much better. You have, your decisions are simpler. If it supports your purpose, you do it. If it doesn't, <coughs> excuse me, if it doesn't, you don't. Um, when you live a life of purpose, we live with a sense of resilience. We are much more resilient when it comes to problems and challenges. We have greater joy in our hearts. And when we live with a sense of purpose, we live with a greater sense of significance. We know we're part of something bigger than ourselves. So we've been learning from John's life. In the first week, we talked about how John's life, uh, John's uh, birth was announced by an angel and that God had a plan for him, that he was to be great in God's sight. And so like John, God has a plan for us. He, you've been in God's mind since the beginning of time, and you've been created to be great in God's sight. And so the first step of living a life of purpose is to seek God and ask him, what is his purpose for us? What did he have in mind when he created us? And then a couple weeks ago, we looked at the power of the blessing, that John's father, Zechariah, blessed John, and he agreed with God's plan for his life, and that we'll find our purpose as we seek those people who have blessed us and given blessing to us and be a blessing to others. Then last week, we talked about how John grabbed hold of his purpose when he um, proclaimed this verse from Isaiah 43, uh, chapter 40, verse 3, that he was the voice of the one out in the wilderness crying, prepare the way of the Lord. And really truly believe that your purpose in life or the purpose for the season of your life is in God's word. It's hidden in God's word if you'll seek God in the scriptures. So today we're going to move on. And the last three weeks we've kind of looked about knowing our purpose. This week we're looking a little bit more about living a life of purpose and looking at this principle that uh, it's important for the well-being of your car it's important for your body to function properly. It's important for any business or organization to, to succeed. And it's also important for us in living a life of purpose. And you're going to see it start to emerge in John's life as we go uh, through some of the scripture verses today. But if you don't catch it, that's all right. I'll share with you what it is. So this one important purpose. So we're looking at John's ministry and deeper at it and why it had such impact and the impact it had. So in those days, John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John is out in the desert. We talked about that last week. And it was said about the Messiah, about the Messiah that before God sent the Messiah, he would lead the people of Israel out to the desert once again. God had taken the people um, of Israel out of Egypt, back in the book of Exodus, and he leads them out into the desert. And so the prophet Hosea and the prophet Isaiah said that when the Messiah came, or before the Messiah came, <coughs> the people of Israel would once again go out into the desert. So there's some significance there. Also, John's out in the desert as a way of separating himself from society. At that time, there was a lot of corruption and greed in society. 
I know you need to use your imaginations to figure out what that would be like, but just use your imagination. A lot of corruption and greed in the, in the religious system, in the political system, and in society. And so John's out in the desert as a way of separating himself from it. And people were hungry for renewal. And, and so he's out in the desert kind of promising that. And his message out there, so his location is the desert, and his message is repent. Now that word repent often has a negative connotation for us. We kind of think of somebody saying turn or burn, but the word repent in the original Greek, which is what uh, the Gospels were written in, the word is metanoia, which means a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of behavior. In Hebrew, the word kind of meant just to turn around. So there's this understanding that we're not going where we want to go. In his book, Atomic Habits, James Clear writes this. <clears throat> Every action you take is a vote for who you want to become. Every action you take is a vote for who you want to become. Repentance is kind of understanding, I'm voting the wrong way. I'm, taking, I'm acting in a certain way that's not who I want to become. So that's what repentance is about. So John's message is one of repentance. We're told it was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Again, this is the verse John chose as his life verse. And so John's message is get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. God's about to do something. But if you don't repent, if you don't change your mind and change your heart and change your action, you're going to miss out on what God is doing. So this is his message. Continue to learn more about John and his ministry. John wore a leather coat made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. So we learn a little bit more about John's lifestyle. And it's, it's tough. It's austere. It's ascetic. It's, it's Philly tough before there was a Philly. So, you know, John is just this, this lifestyle is very ascetic and austere. So we see a little bit of his lifestyle. And we're told... He went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to look at that location a little bit more deeply in a second. But he's proclaiming a baptism of repentance. This meant when you went out to John, you'd be baptized. And the baptism was you'd be plunged into the river completely. That's where baptized means plunge. And it was a baptism of repentance to say, I'm going to change my life. So this was not some New Year's resolution. This is drawing a line in the sand. This is saying, I'm going to be different. It's the alcoholic throwing out the bottle. It's the person deep in debt doing some plastic surgery and cutting up the credit card. It's, it's the person who wants to lose weight throwing out all the junk food. This was drawing a line in the sand saying, I want to be different. And John is out in the region of the Jordan. So little map here. People would have come out through the desert to get to the Jordan River. And the Jordan River was a sign of hope to the people of Israel. It was at the Jordan that the people had passed into the promised land near Jericho. It was at the Jordan River that the prophet Elijah had been taken up to heaven. So John's location is, is... It's austere and it's tough, but it's also a sign of hope. You came out through the desert to come to this place of hope. 
And there you would hear John preaching, and this is what John preached to the crowds. He said to the crowds, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Not some pretty tough language, (laughs) pretty tough words from John. He's saying basically, you brood of vipers. In other words, you have some evil in your heart. You need to repent. You need to change. And he says, who warned you to come from the, flee from the coming wrath? And which maybe the crowds were like, well, you did, John. That's why we're out here. But, you know, if you were standing in line and, and, or you were listening to John speak and you're like, wow, John, those are some tough words. But someone might have turned to you and said, well, what kind of message did you think you were going to hear, right? Did you think you were going to hear, you know, a message about butterflies and rainbows when you went out into the desert and there's a guy in camel's hair who eats bugs? What other kind of message did you think you were going to get? So John's saying, you guys got to change, and he says this, produce good fruits as evidence of your repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So John is, John is saying to the people, to these crowds, produce good fruit, change don't just come out here and your life's exactly the same as it was before you came out here. So he tells them that, and here's what happens. And the crowds asked him, okay, what then should we do? Right, as a speaker, this is what you hope happens, right? That when you, you know, speak something, preach something, people are like, all right, I'm on board. What do I need to do? Or if you're sales, you know, that's what you hope. They're like, okay, I want to buy. What do I, what do I need to buy? Or or even if you just have a conversation with somebody and there's something you're trying to address, you're like, you hope they say, okay, what should I do? That's like the best possible outcome for a speaker. What should I do? Now, the worst possible outcome would be for a speaker to be like, I don't know. I didn't think you were going to actually listen to me, right? But John knows what he wants people to do. He says this, whoever has two tunics should share with the person who has none. And whoever has food should do likewise. He says to the crowds, and the crowds would have been probably religious people. They probably went to temple, went to the synagogue, but they'd come out to hear John. He says, all right, take the extra you have. If you have two tunics, give one away. If you have extra food, give it away. You got extra T-shirts. You got extra sweatshirts. You have extra food in your pantry. You got some extra money in your bank account. Don't just hoard it. Be a blessing to others. You're blessed to be a blessing. So that's the advice he gives to the crowds. But then others come out and talk to him as well or listen to him. And even the tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He answered them, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. So while the crowds of people were probably like we would call church people and involved in their faith, the tax collectors were not. They'd been grown up in a Jewish home, but... They had turned away from their faith when they became tax collectors because tax collectors collected money for the Roman Empire. They were seen as traitors to their countrymen, so they were often considered disloyal to the nation of Israel. And when you became a tax collector, you were no longer welcome in the temple or synagogue. So these are people who grew up with probably some faith but had turned away from it. But even they are convicted by John. And they say, what should we do? And John says, well gives a financial answer again. He says, stop collecting more than what was prescribed. 
Right? So he says to these tax collectors, collect the money you need to, to to give to the Romans. You need to do that. And you need to raise your family and meet your basic needs. But stop impoverishing your fellow countrymen by taking more and you getting rich. And then we're told another group even responded. The soldiers, the Roman soldiers also asked him, and what is it we should do? He told them, do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone and be satisfied with your wages. So the Roman soldiers, they're even further out. These are people that, you know, they had no concept of the Jewish God at all. And they probably worshipped, you know, the pagan gods or the Roman gods or were atheists. And yet they are convicted by John. They ask, what do we do? And again, John gives a financial answer. He says, stop threatening to beat people up if they don't give you money. You know, stop threatening to make up stories that they're a threat to the Roman Empire if they don't give you money and be satisfied with your wages. So we see in John here, again, this impact. And what I would say is the impact comes because there is this alignment. This is the principle talking about, this alignment in his life. There he is, you know, his language is repent, change. His location is out in the desert. And then his, his lifestyle, he's, you know, wearing camel hair and eating bugs. And so people see all this, and it brings this moral authority to his life. Right? They see, especially in his lifestyle, that, you know, he's not telling people to give financially, and he's living in a palace, eating lobster and drinking champagne or drinking, you know, craft beers and eating fillets, you know. No, he's, his lifestyle matches his message, matches his language, and it matches his location. And these three things come together, and so he's able to have an impact. So the principle of alignment is really important. It matters for your car, right? If it's car is out of alignment, it wears down your tires quicker and can do damage to the car, and it's harder to drive. We need alignment in our, in our backs and our vertebrae, right, that for our bodies to function properly. We need alignment in our businesses and organizations between vision, mission, strategy, and, and our values. We want that to align. And to live a life of a purpose, to live a life of purpose will be a life lived in alignment. So I want to offer you know, a couple of suggestions then of how do we live a life of alignment. And the first is just to give you some questions to think about, and if you want, you could Take your phone out and um, uh, take a picture of these questions. We're also going to have them on at the end of Mass up on the screen. But the first question is on language. What do I want my life to say? What do I want my life to say in this season of life? You know, if you had a microphone at work or in your school this year, what, what would you want to say to people? And then, what is my purpose? Have you ever tried putting some language around that? And, you know, if, if you talk to John, John would have said, well, here's my purpose. My purpose is to prepare the way of the Lord by telling people to repent so they can see what God is doing, right? I'm the voice in the wilderness. Uh, he would have grabbed hold of that scripture. You know, personally, I, I say this. My purpose is to lead and love my family in a relationship with Jesus Christ and give leadership to a movement that makes Catholic parishes relevant. Also talked about last week, I grabbed that, all that verse, Acts 16, 5, that of trying to strengthen the faith of church leaders so that they can grow. Do you have any language that you put to your purpose? Maybe it's time this week to, to write something out, and it doesn't have to be perfect, or pick a, pick a verse from Scripture that's been, 
speaking to your heart or language. Second, location. And for this, I would say, who do you want to be present for? Who is important for your, you know, your whole life or your life right now that you are present for? Maybe you need to be traveling more and on the road and looking at cust- you know, meeting with customers, and maybe that's the way you need to be, who you need to be present for. Or maybe you need to be at home more, or you know, maybe you're, you're trying to figure out on your schedule who should get your time. Who do you need to be present for? And then finally, lifestyle. And maybe, you know, along with the first question, this might be the most important does my lifestyle align with the message of my life? And is there something I need to sacrifice to live a life of greater purpose? You know, I, I think when you look at people who live a life of purpose, they have sacrificed something in their lifestyle that, or at least something that looks like a sacrifice to others. You know, so for John, if you had said, hey, John, it must have been a sacrifice living out in the desert. And I think John would have said, no, not for me. I get it, but I kind of liked being away from society or something about the desert spoke to my heart, right? And maybe, or maybe the, you know, the eating bugs or the, the, the dress, he would have said, yeah, I had to get used to that, but I like it now. You know, I, for me personally, there was something in, in thinking about this message that I needed to adjust a little bit in my lifestyle as I was thinking about this message. And I was also thinking about working in a parish. In working in a parish, you have to work weekends. And for many people, that's a tough adjustment to make. And it was a little bit of adjustment many years ago. But now I'm kind of used to it. And that might look like a sacrifice to others, but it's just how I live my life. Is there a sacrifice you're making to live a life of purpose or that you need to make to live a life of greater purpose? And then final question would just be this. Maybe where am I out of alignment? that, again, my lifestyle or who I'm spending my time with or whatever, it doesn't really match with my purpose. So we're going to leave these questions up, but we also want to leave a little bit of time of prayer for you today. So, uh, you know, we're we're closing in. We're kind of going down the home stretch of the series. And, again, this isn't really a light topic. It's a pretty heavy topic. And maybe through the course of this series, there's been something you feel like you need some help to pray for. So, we're going to leave the church open for about 30 minutes if you want to stay and pray and reflect on those questions. We're also going to have some prayer ministers up here. And if you've been struggling with something or you're just not even sure what to do with this, things have been stirring up, maybe it would help to come up to one of our prayer ministers and verbalize what's on your mind. Maybe the first question, you're like, I don't even, you know, you talk about seeking God. I don't even know how to do that. Or maybe you just need to hear some words of blessing. Like, yeah, I can't call to mind any words of blessing in my life. Would you just speak words of blessing over me, or you're looking for a scripture verse, or maybe there's just something in the questions this week that came up that stirred up, and you just want to bring that to God. Our, our prayer team will be here to help you and, and be around, and you can just bring up whatever that is or anything else you want to bring up, and we'll pray with you. So uh, again, the church will be open. You can come up and, and pray with people here. But here's the point. People who live a life of purpose live their lives in alignment. And as they align their lives, you know, we could say, again, the message of their life, their language, their location, who they spend their time with, and their lifestyle, as they align their lives, they have greater impact. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this example from John. We thank you that he lived a life of impact, and we too want to live a life of purpose and impact. 
So help us to align ourselves with you and how you've created us. Help us to bring our lives into alignment um, so that we can have a greater purpose, greater impact in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single video. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples by sharing this video. We're grateful you're part of this community.